Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step -step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY20 at checkout to save 20%. GDIY profiles are bonus episodes that tell the stories of how your everyday handler got into the gun dog world. You'll hear plenty of examples of what to do as well as what not to do and how they learn from those experiences. These episodes are being put out to tell the honest stories that we as do-it-yourself dog handlers can all relate to. If you think you would be a good fit for a profile episode, please go to gundogityourself.com and complete the contact form and we may get back to you so that you can share your story. Why is it usually form or function when it comes to shotguns? You either hear about the looks or craftsmanship of this shotgun, while that shotgun over there in the corner hasn't been cleaned in two seasons, but supposedly fits and shoots like a dream. Why can't it be both? This is what Upland Gun Company does. They take your own personal measurements and will construct the very shotgun that should handle like a dream while getting you the looks and custom features that only you can decide on. Whether it's a side-by-side -side or over-under, English stock or full pistol grip, custom engravings such as your dog's portrait, even down to selecting the wood grain on your stock. Head on over to UplandGunCompany.com and build the dream gun that you would carry in the field with your dog for many seasons. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the GDIY Profile. I am joined by Jeff Beck this time. Jeff, how we doing? Good, good. Yeah, I'm excited for you to join me. You, you reached out and I'm excited to get to know you a little bit. Let's go ahead and start off with the obvious, what we start off with everywhere, where you calling from and what kind of dogs you run. All right, I am Northeast Ohio, a little town called Louisville, uh, and I run a German short hair pointer. A German short hair in Ohio. So why a German short hair? Just because it's the lab of the upland world, or did you have a specific calling to it? Uh, a little bit of both. So I'd always kind of wanted a hunting dog, and the first attempt at getting a hunting dog my wife actually had bought for me. Um. It was supposedly a lab, no papers, cheap college kids took a swing at it. Uh, it was probably more of a whippet than anything. So that was kind of a scratch. Um, second one was a, a lab, a literal lab, uh, English lab. I was all in, excited. I was still a college, college student at the time. I used to take him, set him in class, trying to work through steadiness, getting into as much as I could. And uh, he had like zero drive. Oh, um, man. So I kind of knew what I didn't want. Um, but then fast forward, the kids are a little bit older, got married, a bunch of things happened. It was, I've got an eight-year-old son that's all about hunting. If it's a gun or a knife involved, he's all about it. He just wants to be outside. Uh, so I kind of started back in on the, I want a hunting dog, but I also need a family dog. Um, I've got a, a mentor in my life that's, 
been a football coach and a, a physical trainer and all kinds of stuff to me. And he always had German short hairs. So he kind of helped me look through pedigrees and kind of steered me into that direction. So I've just always loved GSPs. I've thought they've been the most beautiful dogs. Everyone's unique. There are no two alike. And um, I've always been terrified that I couldn't handle that high of a horsepower dog in the house as a, a daily house dog. So we'll see. It's working out all right. The wife can't stand her. Um, <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship. So off to a great start. Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's some days she's cuddled up on the couch and she's fine and she loves her. The next day it's your dog and she's going to sleep outside and start looking for a dog kennel instead of a pigeon coop. And so mm. we're getting there. So how, how old is she? The dog, uh, she not the just, wife. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not answering that question. Don't leave me like that. Uh, she just turned one uh, January 25th. Okay. So. So it's she's not, it's still not in the new, velociraptor stage. I was about to say, she's not new beginnings. Your wife may have adjusted, but now she's in the velociraptor teenager stage. Yeah. So yep. it, where did you end up getting, uh, getting the puppy out of? Which line or kennel? So this is a crazy story. Um, like I said, I had been looking. I didn't know exactly what I wanted. Um, we had actually went to foster uh, a couple of Weimaraners from uh, a, a rescue up in Akron. And by the time we got there, they were all gone. So I was kind of excited, build up, you know, not so much. And my wife sends me a Facebook message and it was one of those scams. Like somebody dropped off a whole litter of German short hair puppies, please come rescue them. And I was like, dear, that's not true. Like calm down. Next thing she sends me is a literal ad and there were two males and it was in Mount Gilead, Ohio. And I'm like, I kind of really wanted a female, not really interested in males. I don't know why I have a, a male pit bull mix and he's kind of dominant, didn't want to deal with it. Um, so she encourages me to call and ask. So I give him a call. They have one female left, sends me some pictures, sends me the pedigrees. I ship the pedigree off to my buddy. He gives it the thumbs up. He says that it's surprisingly a really good pedigree for the kind of money they were asking. Wife sees that I'm a go and she comes up and she's like, you can't spend money out of the checking account for a puppy. <laughs> well, why'd you send it to cool. me? Cool. <laughs> cool. So I had a carbon fiber road bike hanging on the wall in the garage. I posted on Facebook uh, within 30 minutes, a guy is all over it, wants to buy it. I set up the deal. We go to explain where to meet and to change. And he realizes that he was thinking it was a different Canton, that it was not where I was. He was in Columbus, Ohio. So I make a deal. I told him I would meet him halfway at Mount Gilead, Ohio, which happens to be where the breeder was at. I met him in a parking lot of the Loves, picked up the money and drove straight to the dog kennel. Um, they're not really even a dog kennel. It was kind of a they don't usually do German short hairs. They just kind of put a litter on the ground because a bunch of the guys hunting buddies wanted a dog. So I ended up picking up a GSP. Um, some of her lineage is uh, riding shotgun kennels out of Ohio. And her grandparents are actually standing stone dogs. Mm -hmm. um, Shooter is one of the, one of the grandfathers. And then uh, Calamity Jane is actually her grandmother so 
everybody kind of was like, absolutely go buy that dog and I ended up paying about five fifty, uh, five fifty or six hundred dollars uh, for the dog. So as far as pedigree grow, everybody thought that I had a crazy deal on a dog. And even the the pro trainer, I go like once, once every couple of weeks to a pro trainer to make sure I'm doing the right things. And he's astounded that I only paid, you know, $600 for, <laughs> for a dog that acts like she does. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get into the pro trainer and kind of how we started piecing this together, but I, I got to clarify because it seems like so far, every time I've asked a question, we've added another dog to the household. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had some kind of whippet lab mix, the English lab with no drive, then the short hair. And then now there's, there's a male pit mix in the ha- How many oh. dogs do we have in the house with you right now? Right now there's three dogs. Uh, there's uh, like a toy wire hair toy fox terrier thing what, where, the, uh, <laughs> where did this one come from <laughs> she's uh she's deaf and almost blind so we kind of lovingly call her helen keller um <laughs> and then the pity mix he's just i call him the potato he's a couch potato he doesn't like when it's hot he doesn't like when it's cold uh if you throw something he hopes that jinx is going to go get it and he'll <laughs> intercept it on the way back he has very little drive but he's a great house dog um at one point in time, my brother-in-law for my wife's birthday got her a zookeeper license. Um, I've had anything from saltwater reef tanks to bearded dragons. At one point in time, we had four dogs, uh, Chihuahua being the smallest and then the lab being our largest. So we've had everything. Now we have four kids. So I've kind of switched <laughs> out the, the dogs and the kids. And so, so you guys have a literal zoo at the house. And yeah. your wife has a dislike for the German short hair pointer. <laughs> it's not her favorite dog at the moment. And I keep trying to tell her that they do better in twos, that you need two to pester each other. <laughs> I don't think she buys it. She says that there will be two running from couch to couch in our living room. So jumping over potato along the way. Oh, it's man. bad. <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys are the type that uh, just stay on your toes. Yeah, you, you have no idea what you're uh, what you're gonna get. So, before we jump into the trainer stuff, I want to know when you decided to get this short hair. Before you sold your bike, and that's probably another reason why the wife is upset with you. You sold something that would get you in shape and make you look good, and instead you go get a short hair, right? So, uh, t- talk to me. What was the goal? What was the vision here? What was uh, what were you dreaming of? chasing with this dog so that's the fun part i didn't have one um i've always been more into the working with the dogs i've always been more excited about the dogs so you know max the the potato as we call him you know i started with him i bought him in covid during covid so we spent a lot of time in lows and just basic obedience socialization figuring out what makes him tick um there's always in the family, there's usually that one grandma or mom that if there's a baby, that's who has the baby in their hands. I'm that way with dogs. Uh, I'll go to meetings. Uh, I coach some little league football, I'll go to little league football meetings. I'm over playing with the dog, trying to get the dog to place or sit or just kind of train the dog, play with the dog, work with the dog. Everybody else is talking about other stuff. So I really just wanted a dog. I wanted a highly intelligent dog. Um, that I could put through some of these different training regimens. What I wanted to do, I don't know. I live in Northeast Ohio. We don't have wild birds. We don't have practically almost any birds. Um, So bird dog, Northeast Ohio, probably not the greatest idea. 
but I know that they're pretty versatile. They can still do some duck work. Uh, they can still do shed hunting, other things. So I kind of just wanted the, like you said, Labrador of the upland world. I didn't want to say, I want this dog. This is what I want to do. I kind of wanted, I want this dog. Once I figure out what me and this dog like to do together, that's what we're going to do. Mm. So you kind of got into it just out of, we know that we're just going to have fun. We're going to train and, and work with this dog and kind of see where we're going, which, you know, hey, a lot of other people might be uncomfortable with something like that without having like a clear defined end goal and then backtracking and, and reverse engineering uh, the steps and, and training process. So let's jump into the training you know, you don't have that end goal. You, uh, you've had a number of dogs in and out, all kinds of different types. So walk me through wrapping your head around how you're going to proceed training this dog without a clear defined end goal in mind. Right. So uh, the first thing I really wanted to do is I wanted to be able to take this dog anywhere. I didn't want it to act a fool, whether we were in the field, lows. I mean, I take it everywhere with me, not all the time it's been in gas stations it's been in walmart it's been in the hardware store like wherever i want to go i want to be able to take this dog that way it's prepared for any kind of situation so really i just went really 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 heavy on the obedient side of things just making sure that the dog was very obedient had a good recall could heal whenever i needed to um so that was really the main focus for the six months first six months of its life and it's just going for walks, running in the woods. What did it like to do? What did it try to do? Um, I had some shed antlers. I would plant shed antlers. I had some bird wings and just play, play with the dog, figure out what I wanted to do, what I like to do. Um, I even went as far as to entering like some different competitions. I entered a shed, a UKC ultimate shed series competition. Did not go well. Um, <laughs> It's still to this day, that's kind of, I started a little bit on the Forge Fest, Forge, Force Fetch, and that's part of what I needed to be able to compete at that. Um, but the drive's not there. Um, she finds sheds like nobody's business, but she's like, hey, there's a shed and she's gone. Um, but whenever we got a, a situation and got into some birds, and then I really see like, that's what this dog wants. That's what it's driven for. This is kind of fun and kind of started down more of that path of actually training a bird dog to, to hunt behind. Mm. So I want to hear, it sounds like this, uh, this shed hunting competition was, uh, interesting or, or a good story. Am I, am I kind of reading between the lines correctly on that? Yeah. So uh two of my good friends um they have some labradors and that's what they do they travel around and they do the shed series um i just wanted to go do cool dog stuff with cool dog people so i, I don't didn't really care how we did so i signed up got it registered for ukc i uh, show up to this event she's found shed antlers laying around the house i have so it's called bone cologne. You put on the pedicle, hide it. They find it. She brings it to you in the house. She does great. I use it as a, you know, at night, if I haven't got to get her outside and let her run, I'll hide some antlers, let her run around the house like a maniac, find them, bring them to me. Um, when we get outside, things get a little different. We go a little awry. Um, so the way, 
the shed series works is it's a big field and it's drawn into six sectors, six blocks. And they take and they five, they hide five different sheds and you have 15 minutes to find four of them. And that's to get like a working class pass. And you need so many plat passes to get a title, just like a AKC test or anything like that. Um, we show up, we sign up, everything's great. People were super cool. Um, this guy's named Scott from RPM Labs in Ohio, Kim Bolton, Ohio. Great dude. The whole people at the facility were awesome. I, If anything came from it, it's the fact that you can probably go to almost any dog competition or test and find some really cool people that are there willing to help you no matter what. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. The judge was awesome. He realized that I had no idea what I was doing and was trying to uh, set me up for success. But I took her up there in the field and I turned her loose. And the first shed she found almost immediately, right off the rip, um, that's where it went awry. You can't advance to the antler. Once the dog finds the antler and puts teeth on the antler, you cannot move. They have to pick it up and bring it to you. Not to hand, it's just got to be reasonable. You have to be able to bend over and pick it up. But once they put teeth on it, that's considered a find. The judge will tell you, find, you have to stop. She wouldn't do it. She just sniffed it. She never put teeth on it. So she technically didn't find anything, even though she sniffed every antler in that field. <laughs> um, there's a picture I think I sent to you where I literally was on the ground pretending like I was going to bite the antler doing anything I could. Because if I was standing right there and she touched it with her teeth, I could grab it immediately. And it was a find. Um, I even went as far as the judges like give it a kick, kick it and see if like she'll <laughs> attack it and get it with her teeth and then you could take it. But she didn't touch a one. Uh, so we hung out there for 15 minutes and talked with the judge and watched my German short hair, the only German short hair on the property that day run laps around the field, sniffing <laughs> antlers without doing anything purposeful with them. Mm, setting a great example and first impression for some people at the trial, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. great. It was great. Well, the, stuff, were... stuff like that, though, man, that's, that's what I love about people that are just willing to go try. And, and it's just like, all right, did it go to plan or meet expectations or even high hopes? No. But you know what? it was still fun. Right. And at the end mm -hmm. of the day, that's what this stuff is, is supposed to be about. And it's just like, you went into it without any training and you know, the dog got the shed hunt part of it down. You didn't yep. say it was a shed hunt and retrieve, you know, maybe a, just a little <laughs> bit better communication. Maybe she'd cooperate a little better. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I tried every, every command that she had no idea what it was up there to be, you know, the fetch here, pick it up please it, she had no idea yeah. so we've started working through force fetch a little bit um i don't know german short hairs are are different from what i've gathered uh you see guys throwing labs at six months old on the fetch table you do that with the german short hair and they're gonna flop it off it like a dead fish so i've kind of <laughs> waited on that i would rather get the steadiness and some of the other things down uh that i'm kind of looking for out of her before i try it again um but she's getting better. I've been planting frozen birds in the yard and let her run around and find them. And she's been picking those up and bringing them back. So I may not have a lot of concern if she doesn't pick up antlers and bring them back to me. It's not the end of the world. It's not time to send her up the river. Yeah. 
Well, feathers gonna do a little bit more for for that dog, just genetically speaking, than than bone, right? right? And uh, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of short hairs and plenty of versatile dogs. You know, my Munsty amongst them, she's brought back some some pretty good sheds for me. But uh, I just I, I just appreciate the eh, let's go out here and give it a shot. You know, it's uh, obviously if you want to find success or or be successful in any of these ventures, you get, probably got to have a little bit better of a plan. But you know, just winging it and going out, you know, there's something to be said for that. So. Uh, Walk me through the force fetch. It sounds like you started it, then stopped. You just said that you're about to give it another go. Uh, walk, kind of walk me through this, especially have you have you developed an end goal on, yet? Like, have you figured out like, okay, I do want to start bird hunting. We tried the shed hunting thing. Let's move it on because again, I'm still. I, I do have a hard time relating to somebody that's going to go through force fetch or any serious training without a, an actual end goal of some sort. So have you developed that yet, or are you still just winging it? Oh, uh, so here in Ohio, we have released birds. They release pheasants. Everybody has different opinions. Um, I personally think it's great. I mean, we don't have a lot of bird habitat in this area. I do know based on, you know, pestering wildlife officers, if there are wild birds in the general area, they do not release, do not release pen raised birds on that land. So they do keep concerns and separations and such like that. Um, but for guys like me, got the dog, want to try it, didn't know too much about it. Uh, by this time, I had already introduced her to birds just because I knew season was coming up and I wanted to at least get uh, a bird introduction and some gunshot in to just go hunting and see what it was about. Um, I had an area that I know I could go. I knew how many birds were released. I knew there was a very good chance that I would have a bird contact in a general location or at least a wildlife area. Um, but the very first sequence that she actually put together, uh, I took every little kid I could find for youth. <laughs> I was like, I've got a bird dog you know how to shoot a shotgun let me take you hunting let's go let's run the dog uh she was fairly unsuccessful most of them were wild flushes because it was five or six guys you know me a couple little kids their dads um but the first hunt that was on opening day of adult season i went with her by myself and the first sequence she put together actually stuck a point nailed it let me flush the bird i shot it and she went and found it she didn't retrieve it funny story uh shocker right so <laughs> she actually went found it and and i picked it up and it, from then on it was like nope this is what we're going to do whether it's on release birds whether it's hunt tests on quail whether it's pigeons whatever it is like this is the training that this dog deserves this is what she loves and as of now, after pheasant season was over here, I've hit every release, been fairly successful, even went and beat some brush weeks after releases and put some birds in the air and we're hooked. So, mm. yeah. So once, once you kind of got a taste for the feathers, it's, uh, it's like, all right, this is, imagine that you put a bird dog in, in what it's genetically supposed to do. And, and all of a sudden it's like, oh this just feels right. This feels different. You know, I didn't hear you getting down and pretending like you had to pick up a bird for, for the dog on that one. <laughs> Not putting that one in my mouth. <laughs> well, so once you've, you, you, you get hooked, right. You, you figure it out. 
uh, is that when all of a sudden it's like, all right, now it's time to get serious. Let's figure out force fetch. Let's let's find this trainer to kind of help guide me. You know, kind of walk me through the progression from we we finally found what I want to do with the dog to now preparing for that. Yeah. So a lot of the obedience stuff, when I first started researching, you know, this is a German short hair. I had a couple of weeks before I could pick her up. Um, uh, Ethan and Kat at Standing Stone, shameless plug for them. The amount of content that they put out in, if you're willing to spend the time and watch their videos and pay attention and figure out what order they go in or even not order, because it's really not that important. Uh, there's a gold mine of information there for even just your basic obedience and things like that. So I kind of knew before I just threw this dog out into a wildlife area, what I needed to do, what I needed to have done bare minimum. You know, I knew I needed to have a solid recall. I knew I needed to uh, have some kind of bird introduction. I definitely didn't want her first bird contact to be a pheasant. Um, granted, they're pen raised and they don't have giant spurs stuff like that i still didn't want you know it chasing a chicken-sized bird through the woods when it's never been introduced to a bird before and gunfire i didn't want to have to deal with the gun shy dog uh, i've been very careful to try to not do things to mess things up so uh, before i even got to hunting season uh, there's a kennel in alliance ohio called high point kennels and they do like private sessions and they actually have homing pigeons and they'll charge so much per bird and you set up your appointment. So I actually went up there, I would say June, she was about six months old and I took her up there and had them help me out with bird intro so I could have access to birds and, and things like that. So I have a little bit of a hard time around here finding access to birds. Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of preserves around here that want birds but it's only if you want to pay 30 dollars a pheasant for a <laughs> right. bird yeah yeah so um i usually you know i've been going about every other week i stopped through hunting season um and then once it was done i knew what i actually absolutely wanted to do um i actually just registered her to run in a senior hunter akc senior hunter test here in the end of march so We've been full steam ahead trying to get steadiness through shot going right now and going to start on that, that retrieve that we need to, to polish up here soon. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it, it so it sounds like you're, you're full bore AKC, you know, you, your willingness to go try a shed hunt, but when you didn't have anything kind of set up for it, I figured if you get kind of get your feet wet into this, you're the type of person that's like, let's go, let's go do whatever. Let's go try whatever and have some fun. So now that you have gotten your feet wet, you're starting to train a little bit. You're signed up for hunt tests. Like you said, there's really no wild birds. You got the pheasant program. Have you started figuring out some birds or some maybe trips or something that you want to take? Or is it really just still going slow, figuring out activities that you'd rather do? Yeah, it's, I'm probably going to get a PA license this year, this coming season. Um, they released a lot more birds and they're, um, hour hour and a half away from pa um i'm i do a lot i coach youth football and i coach high school football so usually rate gearing up to hunting season i'm extremely busy uh my wife is absolutely amazing she's uh we call her the crazy snack lady uh every thursday she feeds every football player she can find um and then after the games on saturday she feeds every football player she can find again 
So she ends up being a little bit of a single mom through football season because I'm full steam ahead, you know, coaching high school football, turn right around, the youth kids show up, coach up some youth kids, film review on Saturday morning, and then games on Saturday evening for the youth kids. So uh, I kind of try to tread very lightly with, in her words, my damn dog. (laughs) I'm not about to get in a car and drive to South Dakota or we may never come back and and we'll live outside just like she wishes that Jinx did sometimes. So uh, for me, it's just trying to find him close, spend time with the dog, do cool stuff with the dog. Uh, I got a couple friends that really like to go that had never really been exposed to birds. I took them out on release birds. They're hooked. I mean, the first time you hear a rooster cackle and take off after you, you know where it's at, the dog is showing you where it's at. You get ready, you get prepared, you're paying attention, the heart's racing, everything's pounding and pumping and you walk through and that rooster's in the air and you take a shot. Every single one of my friends is like, yep, let's, let's go. I've got one looking, just gets a pup here this weekend. So we get to start all over again with a fresh GSP. So, yep. That first pterodactyl flush, man, I tell everybody like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's really kind of any bird flush, but really you get something with just that powerful of a flush that, like, I mean, mm-hmm. even, even pen raised fe- uh, pheasant, you know, that cackle and, and, and the green dragon, the green pterodactyl, disco chicken, ditch chicken, whatever the heck you want to call it, right? It's, uh, you know, there's a, it, it, it is a unique experience, especially for your first, and I can see how it captures anybody. And, and, you know, a lot of people, I'd say that the majority of the people that, that listen to me obviously are interested in developing their own dog, but more or less, they're probably a little bit more serious hunters, if you will. But this is why I like doing these profile episodes, because there's so much going on in your life between the four kids, the football, the, the, just the living arrangements and everything. And you are still figuring out a way to do this and participate in it at least to the best opportunity that you have, right? Like you're not, you're not sitting here coming on like, Oh, you know, this year I'm headed to Montana, North Dakota. Like, you know, I'm sure that you would like to, but you're still just trying to participate in whatever little facet that you actually can with your, with your, uh, life work life balance and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do know, like, I, I know there's some, you know, live birds in the like the columbus area you know western ohio area i've seen the roadside surveys i know they're few and far between i'd love to go chase them but same thing i can you know all hunting season long i live 15 minutes away from a wildlife area they do do releases i can get off work at four o'clock and we can be on the ground running by 4 30 and you know, that's plenty of time that I can do that several days a week or at least all weekend long. Um, so yeah. yeah, I would love to go out West. I would love to even go out to, you know, some of the areas in Western Ohio, but take a little bit more planning, a little more action. I mean, up until I would say as of like September of last year, there was bets that I would never even actually take this dog hunting. So Um, I mean, I've already tried twice with a hunting dog and and never actually (laughs) taken on a single hunt or introduced it to birds. So I'm already way ahead of the curve as we are right now. Yeah. Well, I I love it. Well, uh, let's go ahead and, and jump into the two questions that I ask everybody. Let's, 
let's go ahead and uh, let's start with the mistake. You know, uh, I, everybody makes mistakes. And so one of the questions I ask on all these profiles is uh, give me the first mistake or the biggest mistake that pops up in your head that was truly just a learning experience for you. Yeah, uh, I've actually done this one a lot and it's expecting too much of your dog too soon. You know, we get into this, where should I be? What should I be doing? Or, you know, I know season's coming, opening up November 4th. So I've got to be collar conditioned by this date so I can be introduced by birds by this date. Like, I'm not going to lie, I had a calendar. This is the day I need to have her collar conditioned because we're going camping and we're taking her with us. And I want to make sure that I can have a handle on her with the e collar if I need to, or, um, you know, what I had in plan in store. Uh, and just sometimes they're not ready. There's been quite a few times where I've tried a, a concept or a theory or something with her and it was catastrophic. The first time I tried hold conditioning, uh, it was 45 minutes of me wrestling with her on a table in the basement of a house. It got nowhere, did nothing. And it, it was just bad. Wait a week, maybe two weeks, opened right up, put it right in. It was maybe three sessions and she was walking around with a couple different size PVC pipes and bumpers in her mouth. Like she had known it all of her life. Um, so just trying to force something they're not quite ready for. And it's really hard to read if that's the case. Uh, but that's probably the biggest thing that I've fell into going mm -hmm. through all of this. Yeah. And I mean, you can't argue with the, with just kind of the, the principle and the foundation of that right there. We preach it all the time. Go at the pace of your dog. Right. So, uh, yep. as for the second episode, give me a, uh, an example. You can give me more than one, but, uh, favorite episodes, guests, topics, what have you that, that have really helped you guide you, you know, you just enjoyed whatever. Yeah. Well, like I said, before we started recording, I'm kind of mad one drop today and I haven't got to listen to it yet. I'm kind of excited <laughs> for it. So, you know, uh, doing what I do for a living, it's very logical, very analytical what I do. So I'm like, I can't answer this question if I haven't heard them all. <laughs> um, but really, it's kind of crazy because it's really a library that you're putting out, just like I gave you know props to, to Ethan and Kat at Standing Stone. You're creating a library of information and you're combining all of this together of things to find. Um, Another instance of something I tried too early was low training with a belly band. Um, even on the lowest setting on a, 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 I'm using a DT systems wrapped 4,500. She shut down and actually laid down on the collar immediately. Like mm. It just was a no go, not going to happen. Um, so that was obviously one of the ones, the standing woe in all the woe series, you know, there was several different ways to go about that same training in, in that whole series that was one of my favorites but really like now i'm looking for a pigeon loft i would like to get some pigeons going so that i can have a little bit easier access to birds so uh anthony williams i just listened to those couple the other day so what i do is whenever i get into my next mode of what i want to do or where i want to go i go back and i look through the library and i find people with that kind of application um that or there's just some you listen to that really sick home like the flipping the switch same thing that got me hooked like the minute that that whole piece was way more than that 
she had actually tried to attack the bird. We were walking to the truck and it was in the ditch and she tried to bust it and eat it. And they were in this like thicket, just cackling and barking and going crazy. And it flushed and flew away. And I had never seen her search an entire field. I had always tried to get her to range better. Well, she chased this bird two, 300 yards away and searched this entire giant field because she knew that bird was in there. Ever since that day, she's now searched a much wider range. She found the bird. It flushed again. She's seen it fly away. She's seen it fly right in front of me, and I just stood there and watched it fly because that was one of the trainer's tips is if she don't point it, she don't do her job. You don't let her catch that bird. You don't shoot it. Yeah. Really, really hard. Really hard. Yeah. I watched it fly away. I took her out and around through the woods and brought her back downwind of where I thought this bird was. And at that point, she stuck it. And ever since that one sequence, she's been pretty solid. I think she's busted maybe one or two birds since then. And with, you know, hunting release day on pen raised birds, they do weird stuff because you're not the first person they've seen in the last 24 hours. Um, so I don't even blame her for some of those because some of them will flush so far in front of us that it's not even funny or some will just hide or already wounded birds. So, mm. but yeah, the, the flipping the switch episode, I think it was like 239 yeah. was a really good one because a lot of us that have been through this process and seen that happen, it just kind of makes you think of all of that. Yeah. It, it's amazing how certain episodes, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do an episode, and I generally know when I wrap it up, like, you know, if it's going to be just one of those bangers that everybody freaking loves, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to get this out. And then others, I'm like, this this could sneak into some people's favorites, right? Like, you know, I know it's good. I'm excited to get it out. Uh, but I can see see whether, you know, the response being just, like, awesome or people just like, yeah, that, that was good. I, I liked it, but, it, you know, not, not a favorite, if you will. Well, Nate's flipping the switch episode is one of those to where it's only been out a few weeks and I'm all, I'm, I just continuously get feedback and messages to where I think just the relatability of it. And, and that's why I wanted to do it was just kind of let everybody know that like, you know, I think my podcast, certain episodes, guests maybe, or anybody else on social media, you know, they might paint a picture of this just picture perfect sequence and dog holding point and you shoot it and it's very easy for people to say don't shoot a bird that's not pointed and it's bump but it's like man when you really want it and you've been out there chasing it and you get you know the example you just provide and you're just sitting there watching it sail right you know right across you it's it's tough and I, and I think that that's that's why I enjoy doing episodes such as that, these profiles, to where it, it does keep the honesty or the relatability factor up on all this because it's it's easy for us who such as myself who's I've been doing this not forever, but long enough to where my expectations are a little different than the people first starting out with their first dog. And so it's always good to kind of just keep that refresher or remind everybody that, hey, you know, when you're first starting out, give it time. It's going to click that, that light bulb's going to come on for that young dog, but just give it time. You don't have to rush it. And it goes back to your mistake, you know, too high of expectations too soon. It's like everything we've been talking about in just this one little profile episode's kind of come full circle already. Yeah. Yeah. And even on like the shooting, shooting birds, like I knew Jinx was pretty green. If a bird flushed in front of 
somebody else. Uh, the first two pheasants I actually shot this season, she was 50 yards to my left. Uh, one of them, we heard it cackling and one of my buddies flushed it, but it's hard to explain. This is my theory. Maybe right. Maybe not. I don't think she fully understood what we were doing, where we were at. So when we go to the trainer, we introduced her to birds. It's a wooded area. So she always wanted to search woods. That's where her understanding of where birds lived were was woods. So the first couple of times we had bird contacts, it wasn't, she was off running a wood line somewhere, searching in the woods, heard the gunshot come over and checked it out. And now she's found a dead pheasant in the middle of a field, uh, you know, of some goldenrod and stuff like that. So now it's, she's starting to put it together. Then she would work a little bit more fields. And to be honest, the first two I shot, the first one I shot personally, I wing shot it. So I would have never found that bird without her. Mm-hmm. I had to call her over and I knew there was a bird here somewhere, find it. And she ended up finding it and it was, you know, buried underneath some grass. So I still got to pick it up. She still didn't get it. Uh, but she started to piece together slowly. Oh, this is where birds are. I just found a bird here. Maybe I shouldn't ignore this entire field and go over there and run through the woods or vice versa. Same thing with like tree lines and just edges and different areas you want her to work. So she's slowly started to put together through, I would say, probably four birds that were shot that she was nowhere in the picture, but I made sure to include her in the process. Oh, hey, you know, dead bird, dead bird. Now she's excited. She knows what dead bird means, that there's a bird she's allowed to go and grab and pick up and how to find it, how to track it, stuff like that. So there's something to be said. I get it. If she bumps it and she pushes it, you probably shouldn't shoot it. Um, but especially if you're with kids, like one of them was a little kid. Like, I'm not going to tell a kid, don't shoot a pheasant. If it's the first one you've ever seen, like you shoot it, let me have the tail. I'll preserve it for you. I actually made plaques every kid or every person I took hunting with me this year. If Jinx pointed a bird and we shot it over her, I made them plaques that (laughs) I gave to all the kids like, Hey, here, you know, I know you went hunting. I know you didn't shoot anything, but here's a memory from the time we did. So nice. There's something to be said for shooting them if they weren't actually pointed to, but yeah, nope. I get it, man. Uh, well, again, you know, it's, it's one of those, you know, I appreciate the fact that you're making it work with what you can, when you can and how you can, uh, there's something to be said for that. And, it, you know, it's easy to get caught up and be like, man, like you should do it this way or that way or, or however I do it or how the average person does it. But, uh, you know, it's real easy to forget that, you know, hey, some people have a freaking job and then coach two different football teams and have four different kids and then have two other dogs and, uh, you know, stop making me sound crazy. No, don't it, need to make me sound any crazier. Hey, I didn't. Than I, already am. I didn't mention the the zookeeper, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but no, I mean, it's just a good reminder of you know everybody. If, if you just can't do it the the quote unquote normal way or what regular way or whatever the heck you want to call it, uh, still do what you can. Get out there, have fun with your dogs, and spend time with your dogs. That's that's ultimately why we get these dogs is to have fun with them and enjoy them for for uh, what whatever kind of level we can do it at. If that makes any kind of sense at all, but uh, 
Jeff, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your story. Uh, it's a lot of fun and, and getting to know you. And then uh, I look forward to you kind of letting me know how the AKC hunt test goes and the development. And uh, I, I like staying in touch with with these profile people, especially as you guys just kind of get rolling. But but uh, yeah, man, I think you're you're having a lot of fun. Just keep at it. Yep, I'm enjoying it. Dog seems to be happy and enjoying it. Mm. It's definitely accomplishing the mission of getting outside, burning some shoe leather. Yep, exactly. And that's what it's all about. Well, all right, buddy. Well, we'll check in soon. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high grade lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again. And a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.